Thank you that your altar is always open. Play a prayer blessing on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, (laughs) The title of the message today is called to make a difference, being a game changer in the power of prayer, right? But before we get into that, um, Thursday was Veterans Day. And if I could have everybody who was or is a veteran stand up, can we just give you, yes, a round of applause and thank you. So much for your service. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep. Awesome. Thank all of you. Um, and I just want to say I was a history teacher for 12 years. And so we taught in, in all, how about how you guys serve. You know, some of you guys have been, done some awesome, awesome things for our country, and we just thank you for the bottom of our hearts. Our nation wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have the freedom if it wasn't for people who, who stood up and who are willing to dedicate themselves to serving our country. So thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Well, to get into the message today, we're going to start off in the Garden of Eden. Now, I don't know about you, but when it starts to get cold out, and uh, snow is just around the corner. I think more and more about the book of Genesis and about the Garden of Eden. Because, man, I love it when it's green outside. I love it when the flowers are just budding and popping. And, man, when, when we lived life, when, when the world was started, everything was perfect, right? God created everything and everything was good. There weren't problems in the world. And we had that connection with the Lord. Nothing separated us from him. But now when we wake up, how many of you guys face problems every day? All of us, right? We go, we wake up and all there is is a list of things to do. There's problem after problem. There's people after people. A lot of times they're the problem that we have to encounter every single day, right? And it's endless. It never ends. The problems are always there. And sometimes we wake up and I don't know if you've ever woken up and you talk, oh my gosh, How did I get to this place? Why is the world like it is? And so many people, especially that don't know the Lord, 
they don't have that connection with him. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they get through life without him because I'm gonna tell you, for me in my life, God is my source. This world we live in today is fallen. It's broken. It's full of hardship and difficulty. If you've lived a couple days on this earth, you'll get to realize that really quick. In most of humanity, we've walked away from the Lord our God. And that's where so many of our problems come from. They have forgotten our source. When you look in uh, James 1.17, it says here that every good thing given, every perfect gift is from God above, coming down from the Father of lights to whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. And I love the book of James. It's an incredible book. And to think that James was the brother of Jesus, <laughs> God being our source needs to be something that we need to think about and, and go to God every day. Now, David was one of the guys in the Bible. When we look at David's life, this guy, he knew hardship. And when you, has anybody ever really taken the time to study the life of David? All right, he starts off, you know, he's the youngest of many brothers. Okay, that's a problem right there in the self. All right, if you are at the bottom of the totem pole, all right, you're gonna have brother after brother after brother pick on you and pick on you and pick on you. And your days not, may not be fun. When he, they told him, hey, you have to go out and carry for the sheep. He's probably like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> all right, just to get away from his brothers. But when he was there and he was young and he was out there, he didn't have his time wasted. He spent his days seeking the Lord, praying and listening. And God was there building him up. He was showing him, even in those moments, hey, even as a young boy, this is who I am, son. God was teaching him, this is who I am. This is what I can do for you. He encountered lions and bears. And with a slingshot, he took care of them. And he realized that God had his back. And as you guys know, as he got older, he faced a giant. Took care of him, no problem. Why? Because he put his faith and trust in God. And he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And you would think, man, once you're anointed to be king, man, life is going to get easier for you. But have you read the story? Does it get any easier? No, he's banished from the kingdom. He's out there. He's running away from Saul, the king who wants to kill him, but he's supposed to be the next king. And then he has the Philistines, right? Time after time, they're trying to get him. He, his life is in danger constantly. But it's crazy. When you read the story of David, you look and you see, man, this guy got it. Every time he was in trouble, you know what he did? Even when he was even when his own men were pressuring him, even sometimes when, there was even one time when he had everything he had, he was out doing a battle and he came back and somebody had come and taken everything he had, his possessions, his family, everything. But he didn't just rush and do what the pressures and, and his men were telling him to do. No, he took the time and he said, you know what? God, what do you have to say about this? What am I supposed to do in this situation? I need to go and inquire of the Lord time and time again. I think it's over nine times that he does this specifically in the word of God. And you're wondering why God picked him. You're wondering why they call him the man after God's own heart. Was David perfect? No. But he got this right. He inquired after God. And I believe that he's a living example uh, for us. Now we know that life is hard. We know that, that God needs to be our source. But another thing is, is that Paul writes in Ephesians, 
He says, do you not realize that you guys wake up every day? Not only do you have to deal with everybody else's problems, but you're in the midst of a spiritual battle. There's a battle raging. And I wish for even a few moments that our eyes could be open to see the, ba- the battle that rages on in the, in the spiritual realm. Have you guys ever really thought about that? And I encourage you guys, think about that regularly because that's going to motivate you to do some pretty awesome things. But when you think about it, there's a battle that rages on for people's souls. There's a battle that rages on for your mind and how you're thinking and your thought process and, and how you're going to make decisions and how you're going to process certain things. It's there. And Paul here, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, you know, just let it, the principalities of power. Now, another thing that happens is if you were to look at the book of Daniel, and this is another awesome picture of actually the Bible talking about the spiritual battle that goes on. In Daniel chapter 9 and 10, uh, Daniel goes into a really deep time of prayer. He's interceding for his nation that's been in captivity for 70 years. And he has visitations of the angel Gabriel. And in one of those visitations, the angel says, listen, from the moment you started praying, God sent me. I was sent, but I couldn't get to you until this very moment. Why? Because I was doing battle in the heavenlies. In fact, the battle was so intense. The battle raged so much. I had to get Michael, the man, to come down and battle with me so I could bring you this message. Sometimes when we pray, sometimes when we ask the Lord for help, there's battles going on in the heavenlies that we can't see. So I want to encourage you, when you're there and you know that God's your source, don't stop praying. Press in, go through, because you don't know what's happening on the other side. You don't know what's happening, but there is. God says, he says, listen, there's a battle raging all around us. We'll pick up in Ephesians. It says, therefore, again, yep, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of the evil comes, you will be able to stand, stand your ground, and having done everything, stand. And then in verse 18, it says, in the spirit at all times pray at all times. Every kind of prayer and petition. To this end, stay alert with all the perseverance in your prayers for the saints. Now, nothing, nothing in our life is more important than prayer. No one has power from God who does not pray. And I want you to think about this. Prayer, what is prayer? I mean, when we get to pray, who are we really talking to? We're talking to the architect of the whole universe. This guy who knows the future. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows you better than you know yourself. All right? And I just want you to think about this analogy for a minute. Every day you wake up and it feels like you're taking a test, right? There's a lot of things that come at you. But guess what? When you pray, do you know who you're talking to? And I was a teacher for a long time, right? He knows the answers to the test. Now, when I was a teacher, I'm not going to lie. I never let my students take an open book test. You know, some teachers did that. I was like, that's a joke, <laughs> right? What it, what, what's a good of a test if you get to look it up the answers? You didn't learn anything, right? Kids probably hated me, <laughs> right? But every day you get to wake up and we take a test. And guess what we're allowed to do? We're allowed to go to the instructor and say, hey, what's the answer to this? 
Can you give me the, I got this problem. I'm not really sure what to do here. And you get the answers to the test. Why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we start our day in prayer? We're crazy if we don't. Come on. All right. Now here's the other thing with prayer. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how smart you are, how old you are, how young you are, what, how you did on the SATs. It doesn't matter. When we come to God in prayer, he doesn't look at any of that. What is he looking at? Are you willing? Are you surrendered? It doesn't matter. That's the amazing thing about God. And the other thing is, you're his son and you're his daughter. And when I woke up this morning, I wanted to get ready for work, right? Or to come here and preach. (laughs) And you know who woke up the same time I did? My youngest daughter, Nadia. She woke up and she's like, daddy, daddy, daddy. And she just wanted me to pick her up and hold her. And I knew I had so much to get ready. I had to take a shower. You know, I had to make sure my clothes matched, you know, all this stuff. But I looked at my daughter's eyes. I said, you know what? I got to pick you up. (laughs) I can't let this moment go. You mean so much to me. You need the world to me. You're my little baby. How much more when we wake up in the morning and we cry out, Daddy, I need you. How much more is he going to grab you in his arms and tell you how much he loves you? Right? All right, so when it comes to prayer, our greatest example, Jesus. Now he had to pray. And if Jesus had to pray, how much more do we have to pray? If you really look at scriptures and you look at his life, right? Every time before he went out and do something, he was always telling the disciples, hey, I'll be right back. I got to go and I got to get alone with my father and I got to get the instructions. I got to get the game plan. I got to figure out what it is, the next thing that I'm supposed to do. And when you look at his life, one of the most amazing scripture talks about that God only did what he saw the father doing. He only said what the father was saying. He was an amazing representative of who our father is. And the crazy thing is he never failed at anything he ever did. Our Jesus was amazing, but we need to look at his life. We need to take note. And if God, Jesus had to pray, man, how much more do we have to pray? The other thing is, I'm not going to lie, all right? When we pray, our life definitely gets more exciting, all right? Now, in 2 Timothy, it says, I remind you of this. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts I have given you. When we're praying, when we're in the presence of God, that's one of the ways that we can up and intense our passion and our fire for the Lord. All right, I don't know about you, but that second picture of guys sleeping in church, boring, I don't wanna be that guy. All right. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around some Christians, all right, that, man, they're weak in their faith. They're not excited about the Lord. But I guarantee you, those guys aren't praying every single day. Those guys are on their knees praying. And I want to be somebody who's passionate about the Lord. I want to be somebody, man, when you talk to me about the Lord, I don't want to have a story of something that God did five days ago. I want the story about something that God did five minutes ago. And when you pray and you pray and you pray, you're going to see God work. And the more you see God work, the more excited you're going to get. Now, the last scripture that I really want to go into is this. In Revelations chapter three. And this here, it says, I know all the things you do. 
that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I'll spit you out. Now, I was supposed to have a gift up there. Seinfeld was supposed to race across the stream and spit out what was in his, his water. But it didn't work out, all right? But I just want you to think about that picture for a moment. God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He doesn't want us to be indifferent. Now, I'm going to tell you this. You know, I'm married now, which is an awesome, amazing thing. And my marriage and my relationship with, with Aria does not go well if I'm indifferent. If I'm just lukewarm about our relationship, it's boring. And you know what? We start getting in more fights, all right? But when I'm spending time with her, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and it's, we're passionate about each other, it's amazing. It's so much more fun and exciting to live. And I know that that's one of the things that God's meaning here. All right? He says also, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open it, open this door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me and on my throne just as, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone who has an ear, let him hear. Let him must listen to what the Spirit of the Lord and understand what he is saying to the churches. Now, it's interesting. A lot of people use this verse, right? Look, I stand at the door and knock. And they'll, they'll use it when they're preaching. And when they're preaching an evangelistic message and they're preaching to people who aren't Christians. But who is, G, who is John writing this book to? Who is God speaking to in this moment? The church. And he's saying, he's writing to the church. He's like, listen, I'm standing at the door every day and I'm knocking. Hey, let me in. I'm knocking. Come on. Come on, Kevin, let me in. I'm here. I'm waiting to sup with you. I'm waiting to spend time with you. I'm waiting because I have the answers to your day. But how many times do we forget to open the door? Now, I know a lot of you guys aren't going to be able to see this and hoping this the door won't fall on me as I open it, right? Because it's a prop. But for you guys that can't see on this side, and I apologize, there's a lot of writing on this wall, right? And it has wisdom, peace, finances, passion, marriage, favor, joy of the Lord, loving, freedom, right? Healing. You see God move and more, you're going to get more of him. All these things. When you open the door for him every day, you're inviting him to be a part of your life. You're inviting him to be the source. You're inviting him to move. And God wants that. It's interesting to say, hey, I'm waiting for you. Just like my little daughter, I'm waiting. Come on, come dad, pick me up. He's waiting. These are the benefits. But how many times do we wake up and we don't feel like praying? And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, we were there talking with the pastors. And I'm like, hey, Greg, would you mind if we started a prayer time before church? And I know you, these guys have been praying, but can we pray like together? And uh, we started praying in the mornings. I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit. But it was awesome this morning, right, Greg? It was a great time. But when I made that decision and asked Greg, hey, can we pray in the mornings? I knew that that was going to come with a price, right? I'm going to have to show up an extra half hour early on Sundays. But to me, it was worth it. In fact, the very first time I ever came to Shiloh Church was for Symphony House. Has anybody ever heard of Symphony House? It was here a number of years ago. Annette Tuttle ran it. 
And I just want to tell you just a quick, quick story. Before I came to back uh, to New Hampshire, I went to a church and this church <clears throat> was in Texas. And I was there, I was a part of that church. And this church, every single Sunday, we saw people healed. Every single Sunday I would go and I would hear this amazing story of what God was doing about deliverances and about just crazy, crazy things happen. And I thought, man, how is God moving in this church so much? How is he doing so many amazing things? And some people invited me. You know what? You need to come on a Tuesday night. You know what they did every Tuesday night? They prayed for Sunday morning. You know what happened every Sunday morning before the first service started? They prayed for that Sunday service. You know what happened during the first Sunday service? There were people praying for that service. They were praying and praying and praying. All the time they were praying and praying and praying. And guess what? Every Sunday they would see God move. They would see people healed from cancer. They would just have these crazy, crazy stories of God working and moving in their church. So when I came here and Annette found out that Symphony House was on Monday nights, you know what I realized? I was like, man, soccer is on Monday nights. And I love soccer. Like I love playing and I want to play. I want to get to know more people. But you know what? I said, you know what I'm going to do? Forget soccer. I want to see God work and move in my life. I want to see God work and move in this city. God, I'm putting soccer aside and I'm going to come and I'm going to spend an hour with you in prayer. And I'm just telling you, I don't regret that decision. I don't regret praying And I've seen God move in this city. And I feel like God's giving me a heart for the city. and He's giving me open doors to the city. The next thing I do, I just want, we're going to watch a three-minute video. This guy is going to be talking about prayer. And I just want it to amp you up and juice you up a little bit about prayer, all right? What is prayer? Prayer is not sending God to run on your errands. A Christian can see more on his knees than he can from his feet. Prayer is not getting God prepared to do your will. Prayer is getting you prepared to do God's will. Prayer is the only way to release the supernatural power of God in your life, in your marriage, in your business, to show you great and mighty things that you know not. Prayer is the key that unlocks the gates of heaven and closes the gates of hell. Prayer has the power to cure sickness and disease. Prayer can shatter the shackles of misery and habit that are tormenting your life or the life of your son or daughter or the life of your husband or wife. Prayer does not need proof. Prayer needs practice. Intellectuals are now jabbering that God and heaven are far removed and far away. God is as close as your next prayer. If your marriage is under attack, pray. If your children are being tormented by the prince of darkness, pray. If your business is failing, pray. If you're fighting a deadly disease, pray. If you're lost and without God, pray. If your life is empty, if it's meaningless, if it seems to be hopeless, pray. 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 Because God answers prayer. A prayerless Christian is a weak Christian. A prayerless Christian is a miserable Christian. A prayerless Christian is a Christian who always lives in defeat. A prayerless church is a weak church. A prayerless nation is a defeated nation. A prayerless family will be a divided family. It has been said and bears saying again, the family that prays together stays together. God expects you every day of the week to pray for the people in your house. Somebody prayed for you. Who are you praying for? 
Why pray? Because God answers prayer. As powerful as God is, God cannot answer prayer until you pray it. The Bible says, what you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. The book of Isaiah says, command ye me. This is God speaking to man because in prayer, he has given you the authority to launch the initiative. Quit walking around in circles, wring your hands saying, I wonder when God is going to do something. God in heaven is looking down at you and saying, I have given you the authority of my name. I have given you the power of my word. I have given you the sanctity of my blood. When are you going to use the power that I have given to you to blast the kingdom of hell off at the ground and announce that Jesus Christ is Lord? The initiative rests with you. Ask him for things that are impossible because with God nothing is impossible. Ask him to defeat the giants in your life because our God is a giant killer. Ask him to divide the sea before you and to bury Pharaoh and watch him turn your enemies into fish food. Ask him. Ask him to send fire from heaven as he did for Elijah and he will. Ask him to walk with you in the fire of the fiery furnace and be the fourth man in the fire and he will. He said you will walk through the fire and the fire will not burn you. You will walk through the water and the water will not drown you. Ask him. He's the God who cannot fail. He's waiting to show you great and mighty things. Pray. And I want to challenge you guys. In Psalm 139, it talks about there's a book written about you in heaven. Before the foundations of the earth, God wrote out these amazing plans for you. When you wake up in the morning and you pray, God, let me fulfill the plans you have for me. Let me fulfill the destiny that you have for me. Every day we get to wake up and we get a choice. Are we going to open this door? Are we going to say, God, I don't need you. I'm going to try to do it in my own strength, in my own wisdom. I'm asking you guys every morning to wake up to do this. I'm also asking you to be a game changer. You see, this city, this community, it needs God. It needs a move of God. But what, this, what God, I believe, is asking this church is for us to be a church that prays. And I know a lot of you guys pray. A lot of you guys are prayer warriors. Again, the first time I showed up at Shiloh Community Church, I came because you guys were praying every Monday night. But what I want to throw out to you is even a bigger vision of prayer. And again, this is something that's small, it's something that's little, it's something that that would take, you know, a sacrifice. But every Sunday morning, we're going to be here at 8.30 and we're going to cry out to God and we're going to ask God to show up and show off and move in a mighty way in this this community, in this church, because I want to see God move in this city. And I worked for the last three years in the worst of the worst places in this city. We were right downtown with Rise Up Ministry. We worked with people who were addicts. We, we, if you walked out the front door, it wouldn't be uncommon to see somebody with a needle stuck in their arm, somebody drunk, somebody doing the meth dance. It was crazy. There was prostitutes hanging out, doing their thing. This city is broken. This city needs the love of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you that no move of God has ever started on the face of the earth until people were willing to get down on their knees and pray. So I'm asking us, who are we going to be as a church? Are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to give up time to pray? Are we willing to cry out for God to move? And when we cry out, we need to listen 
Because just like David, he inquired, God, what am I going to do in this circumstances? How am I going to fight this battle? He didn't have the answers, but God in heaven does. And if we're willing, not just as individuals, but as a church to come together and cry out to God, not just the one event, but make it who we are, part of our DNA, we are going to see God move. I was just praying last night before I was falling asleep and God had that promise to me. He says, Kevin, tell them when they pray, they're going to see me move. Again, I don't want to be a boring Christian. I don't want to get up to heaven and say, man, I don't have any awesome stories of God, what you did. I want to see God do amazing things. And I know I've met the people out there that know Jesus. But I don't have anything to give them if I haven't spent time with the Father, if I haven't been filled up with his presence, if I'm not on fire for God. What do I have really to give them? Nothing eternal. And you know, and when you start playing sports, one of the things that, that people teach you quickly, you know, especially when you're learning skills to dribble a soccer ball or a basketball, but when you, if, you're, if you're a new player, you dribble with your head down. You're only looking at what's at the ground. And I believe that God's saying, hey, you know, as you're going, as you're going, pick your head up, look around you. Don't just pray for the things that you need, but look up what's happening in our community. There's so much need out there. Will you be a game changer? Will you be part of a prayer warrior team that will go forth and pray for this community, pray for the city, pray that God moves in this church? Because God's desperate out there. Those people who are dying, those people who are hurt, those people who are in depression, those are his kids and he loves them. But he needs people to stand in the gap. He needs intercessors. You know what? I'll stand before you and I'm going to say, you know what? I don't pray as much as I should. I'm not the best intercessor in the world. I don't have any credentials for that. But I want to see God move. I want to see people's lives be touched. And I believe that we, in order for that to happen, we have to go to the source. So God's calling us, church. And I want to challenge you every day when you wake up, pray, ask God, God, let me fulfill the destiny. Let me fulfill that page in my book that you have written about me today. And as a community and as a church, I'm going to ask you to be a praying church. I'm going to ask you to be a church that's willing to sacrifice time, maybe to get here early or to gather with your small groups. But pray, pray, pray and ask God, ask God to do the impossible. Ask God to change this city. Because we need him. And I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want God to spit us out. But I want to be on fire for God. So I just thank you. um, And I pray that you would take that to heart. And I'm going to close in prayer. And then I have one final little message that I have to announce what I have to make. But Lord, I just come before you right now, Father. And I just thank you that you are always there and you're always waiting for us, Lord God, to connect with you. I thank you, God, that that nothing we pray is too big or too impossible for you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much, Father, and that you're there and you're knocking at the door every day and you're saying, hey, will you invite me in? Will, Will you let me take charge? Will you let me lead? Will you let me help you with the answers? Will you cry out for wisdom? God, today, help us to be a church of prayer.
Help us to put you first. Help us to seek you for the answers to the problems in this life, in this community. Lord, God, in our finances, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our work. God, we're desperate for you and we need you, Lord. God, and we thank you that you are the answer and that you have all the answers. God, again, today, we look to you as our source. Forgive us, Lord God, for all the times that we haven't. But God, help us to make the commitment to seek you first, to seek first the kingdom, God. In your holy, precious name, Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. Well, that concludes the message for today. Um, But there is something that's gonna be happening downstairs uh, right after service. We're continuing growth track and we're also having a Shiloh ministry fair. And if you are wondering, man, how can I get involved in this church? How can I serve? Uh, This would be an awesome opportunity to go downstairs and to check out all the ministries that are here uh, at Shiloh. Uh, So inviting you to come down. It'll be held in the cafe. And if you've attended the first three weeks of growth track, um, they'll they'll be holding simultaneously in the shine room. If you missed one of those, uh, we'll have to pick up uh, in January when we're having Growth Track again. And I think after Growth Track 4, you'll get a chance to go to see and check out the ministry fair as well. But I thank every single one of you guys for being here. I thank you online for joining us. And I just, again, want to say one more time, this week and every day of your life, go to the Lord as your source. And us as a church, let's become a church of prayer because I want to see God move. I don't want to go back to 1269 Cafe or drive down Union Street, Manchester Street and see what I see every time. It's scary. But I want these people to encounter the love of God. And God can use us to be a history maker and a game changer if we're willing to take the time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Guys, have a blessed day.